Hello, Winternet. This is Hugh Spence and ESC Insight Calling. Liverpool was the home to the Eurovision Song Contest this year, and the city became this beacon of hope, of connections, and of love, all united by music. And I met so many people, but I just want to bring you one of those conversations that I had. It's with Maria Romanenko, a journalist from Kiev who is now following the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, living with her partner in Manchester. She's been volunteering her time to help organise walking tours for Ukrainians who have moved into the city. And with the United Kingdom hosting the Eurovision Song Contest on behalf of Ukraine, she was volunteering her time in Liverpool to provide similar walking tours for Ukrainians visiting the host city. The backdrop is the Eurovision Song Contest. But this is a story of community. It's a story of connections, of love, of emotion, of belonging, but most of all, of the human spirit. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to another chat over coffee. Myself, Ewan Spence, here at Liverpool, and there are so many stories around this contest. Some of them you will see on TV, some of them we've talked about here at Insight before, but the song contest touches so many individuals in so many different ways, especially this year with the hosting in Liverpool on behalf of Ukraine. Joining me now, someone with a fascinating fascinating story, fascinating stories. There's so much to talk about here. We'll try and cover some of it now, but Maria Romanenko joins me now. Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Thank you, and thanks for having me. First of all, let's start off with a really simple question. Why are you at Eurovision? Well, Ukraine famously won last year. I was really excited. I was already watching them from the UK. I previously lived in Ukraine because that's my home country. Uh, I was really hoping, much like all of Ukraine, we were hoping that we'd be able to host it this year and that you know Ukraine would be free from Russian aggression. Unfortunately, that hasn't quite happened yet. Um, and then it was announced that it'd be in the UK and then Liverpool won. And I live in Manchester, as I said, so it's only an hour away. And I was like, well, I have to get involved in different ways that I can and I'm basically here in three capacities um, this week I um, first thing that I arrange is um, something that I've been doing in Manchester actually it's free walking tours of the city uh, in Ukrainian for Ukrainians so for that obviously I have to team up with the local walking tour company so in Manchester it's free Manchester walking tours and I run five such tours and so far have introduced over 15% of Ukrainian war refugees in Greater Manchester to the city of Manchester, which has been a fantastic experience. Our tours, you know, normally get more than 100 people. Um, it's just very rewarding. And then obviously Liverpool is an hour away. I was like, why don't I do this in Liverpool for all the Ukrainians who come for Eurovision? And Eurovision is massive in Ukraine. And obviously Liverpool has gone has gone above and beyond and introduced this massive like supplementary program, you know, within the Euro Village, with the Euro Festival, Euroland. There's so many things and a lot of them to celebrate Ukraine so I thought that Ukrainians would be coming here well firstly they've got the 3,000 concession tickets that were being sort of given out through a lottery 
And secondly, there'll be Ukrainians just going for activities because there's Ukrainian concerts happening and all of most of that is free. So I thought that this would be a good way to do something nice for all these Ukrainians who would be coming because a lot of them lost everything to come to the UK. You know, they might have lost their home. They might have lost their husbands uh, due to the war. So doing this walking tours is just something that I do to give you know, kind of bring something nice into uh, the lives of people who already lost too much and have too much sadness. The second way I'm getting involved is as a journalist because that's what I've been doing since 2016. I actually covered Eurovision in Kiev in 2017 and absolutely loved the experience. So I applied for accreditation. I wanted to get involved in um, many ways um, and I as a freelancer I'm doing articles for different publications and then thirdly I've been trying to get tickets I couldn't afford the you know the 350 pound ticket or at least didn't want it for like the what it was you know the rehearsal I thought it was a bit too much unless you're like very close so I've been applying for the the war refugee tickets you know for people in ukrainians in the uk and i was unsuccessful in the first stage so i didn't even ex expect that anything would change and then they announced the second wave and i didn't get anything and then all of a sudden i sit on my laptop i was like doing some work and I had my emails open so the second that it came in i saw this email you know right as it comes in saying next wave, third wave, third and final wave of tickets released, first come, first served. So I like logged in literally within like seconds and it was like I knew that I wanted to go to the second semi-final because I already um, started speaking with somebody who's doing this amazing thing for Ukrainians, Ukrainian activists and he kindly gifted me um, tickets for rehearsal of this first semi-final and the grand final so I was like the only show I'm missing is the second semi-final so I like went in you know like kind of very very quickly and managed to grab the two tickets from for me and my friend is coming along so basically these are the three ways you know I'm getting involved as a volunteer and our walking tours are completely free we, we do it completely you know without any financial reward um, as a journalist and as a member of audience which has been a fun mix because it turned out that it's not really a healthy mix because I'm just so busy I don't even have time to eat and you saw me just grabbing a quick snack because I was like I've not eaten since breakfast so that was it is a very very full-on event oh yeah I mean I was talking to to a team of Jamala who's the 2016 Eurovision winner from Ukraine and she was like saying because they've been trying to come to one of my walking tours and she was like oh I got you 12 people I'm like that's amazing and like in a couple of days she's like I've got you 20 people to come and that's like all the people from Jamala's team and I was like wow you're doing really well here and she was like it's amazing what people agree to if you just um, say that you're going to take care of everything their food their luggage and I was like oh I wish somebody was doing that for me because I would love so you know especially during such busy periods as Eurovision I would just love for somebody like to bring me some food or, or you know just because yeah it's, it can be really hard when it's such a hectic schedule. How important is Eurovision to Ukrainians especially with Kalush Orchestra and with Torchy this year? Um, it's it's very important. So I've been, I think, yeah, definitely watched every single show, every single Eurovision that Ukraine took part in. So we only started taking part in um, 2003. 
um, I still remember that Eurovision with Alexandre Panamarov. I don't think it was, I mean, he's a good singer, but I don't think it was our best entry in terms of the show and everything. I can't remember how well we did, but uh, I remember watching that as a kind of as a child, as a 11 year old and everybody was making a big deal about it that you know Ukraine is has just entered Eurovision and I didn't really understand what everybody was talking about and then kind of remember watching it with my family and then next year we won it with Ruslana and her wild dancers and everybody just went crazy everybody was just Ruslana massively you know um, her popularity had gone up by you know many 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 times because of that in Ukraine and since then I think Eurovision has become so serious and people have been taking it so seriously and loving it and unlike in many other countries we actually have this like competition to choose who's going to represent Ukraine so in the UK the BBC with somebody else decide like the public doesn't vote for it in Ukraine the public votes to choose who's going to represent Ukraine and there's a couple uh, as far as I understand there's a couple of stages to that as well and it's like you know people take it very very seriously and our entries I think have been really really strong and particularly in terms of recent ones I really loved Go Away in 2021 and then last year I think I think College Orchestra has got a very catchy song but like Go Away for me was uh, great you know I really love that I think that one should have won but we got there and I was really really proud last year I remember watching it I was just so excited and so proud and this year the entry has got a specific a very very special meaning because uh, well firstly I watched Vorci um, there was this like t- small bar, small venue, and they came and played there. And I didn't even know about them at that time. My brother was like, "Oh, I've got tickets to see Torture," and I was like, "Okay, well, sure, let's go." And I got—I somehow I can't remember how, but somehow I briefly got to, t- to chat to them as well. I think it was after the concert, um, and they were really lovely guys. And their song uh, "Heart of Steel" has got a um, very special meaning because um, it's about Azov style and the steel the steel works in Mariupol that have been destroyed by Russia just like all of Mariupol has been destroyed by Russia um, but um, Azov style is uh, the place where lots of Ukrainian civilians were hiding for for months for weeks and weeks and soldiers were there and Russia took over the whole city the whole of Mariupol at that point and it was like this stronghold where Ukrainians were remaining and until you know they would leave that point Ukraine never said that, you know, you can't say that Mariupol is in Russia's hands because Azovstal isn't. And they held for such a long time um, and they were so strong and they showed this resilience. And despite being in such dire conditions, they were like fighting until the end for Mariupol, which is a beautiful, well, it was a really, really beautiful city. And um, that's why it's hard of steel because Azovstal made steel from the last portion of uh, steel that was um, regained, that was retrieved by Ukraine from Azovstal. Now it's obviously not functioning um, work, steel works anymore because it's destroyed. But they made bracelets, uh, Ukraine made bracelets and they sold them as uh, like souvenirs and all the money went to charity, so I'm wearing one of those. Um, So and all the money went to charity and it was just a great project and they were sold out within you know really really fast so I was very happy when I got those and I got got somebody to bring it to me to the UK I was just so worried that I was really really kind of 
hoping that nothing would happen on the way. Um, so that song has um, a special meaning for Ukrainians. I think Tvorche is doing a great representation of uh, Ukraine. Um, so I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very support, supportive of, of them, of the band, of the, the two guys. I mean, the welcoming nature that we have at Eurovision, have you seen that around Manchester and around Liverpool? Because you will be talking to so many people with the walking tours. Has the rest of the UK opened up their hearts as much as Eurovision has? Yes, well, first, I'm very, very proud of what Liverpool has done. Um, you know, when, when they were announcing the runner-ups, uh, when there was the whole bidding process for the host city, I was obviously really hoping for Manchester to win because I was in Manchester and that's what anybody would do for their own city or the city they live in. Um, then Liverpool won and I was like, oh, well, that's a bit annoying. And I was hoping that it would be Manchester. But then I was like, well, Liverpool is still only an hour away. But I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of saw cities and cities. I didn't really think about what any city would bring into this. And then as weeks went by and like a few weeks ago, I came to Liverpool to interview um, the Metro Mayor of Liverpool City Region, uh, Steve Rotherham, and uh, the Director of Culture at Liverpool City Council, uh, Claire McColgan, about what Liverpool is doing. And I started like researching myself, you know, all the events they put in out. And it's such a vast programme, it never happened before. You know, for any Eurovision, never has any city or any country gone into so much effort to celebrate the country, celebrate the, the country that won. And I was just so amazed and I wrote an article about this and I was just really, really impressed. So I think Liverpool definitely was the right choice. I'm not sure any other city would have done that. So, um, you know, it's a city, as, as I was told before, it's a city that likes to party. It's a city that um, is very welcoming. It's throughout a long time, throughout centuries, there, there's a big Chinese community here, and there's a big Irish community here. You know, it's used to welcoming different cultures. So I really love it. But saying that there's a similar thing can be said about Manchester. Manchester is very multicultural as well. Obviously, it was found, um, founded by the Romans and, you know, throughout uh, its existence, it's had so many waves of immigration. So when I came to Manchester, I was one of the first um, Ukraine to have arrived after full-scale invasion and because of that everybody was going um, bend, everybody was like bending backwards to to help me and to do everything to make me feel welcome so I was uh, people were like making cakes they, they would give to me people were somebody a local hairdresser gave me a free haircut everybody was just trying to do something to show appreciation uh, for the war that Ukraine is fighting for the whole of Europe so I definitely saw, you know, I haven't really experienced anything negative um, in, in real life, you know, on Twitter, obviously. It's a different story. Lots of uh, trolls uh, try to bring you down. But I, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. And to, I didn't want to just take um, and take, you know, I, I, the UK has been fantastic to Ukrainians, but I wanted to do something to give back. Um, and with my fluency in English and Ukrainian and with my experience of living in the UK because I went to the university here, I went to Leeds University so I already kind of have been a northern girl in terms of um, living in the UK um, I, um, and having the emotional psychological support of my partner who is from Manchester um, I thought that I'm in a position where I can use my skills to help 
others um, because others don't have it that well, you know, as I do. Others don't speak the language the way I do. They don't, their partners are probably back in Ukraine. They had to leave them behind. Um, they never, a lot of Ukrainians who come here because of the war, they have never been to the UK before. So there's a lot of many, many struggles for them. So that's why I started doing free walking tours and I started in uh, Manchester and um, so far have introduced more than 15% um, of uh, Ukrainians who have come to Greater Manchester since uh, February last year um, to the city and that was a, has been a fantastic experience and I'm doing the same here and I just absolutely love doing it. You know, people are so nice to you. And the other thing that I don't really realize is that the walking tour companies that I team up with, um, and that was free Manchester walking tours in Manchester and KR, Spanish and English tours, Liverpool, they love doing it as well because I'm just like, you know, like with here in Liverpool with the company, they take it so seriously because we, we did it yesterday, I think, on the 7th. I did the walking tour and they brought like three people. So apart from the other core guy that I would be doing it with, they brought two other people just to watch the crowd, make sure everything goes well. And then for the next one, they were like, oh, we'll try and bring, bring more people next time. And I was like, you realize that you don't have to do this because this is you giving your time, you know, uh, for free because you don't get paid to do this. Normally tour, tour guides get tipped at the end. We, we don't take tips. And they were like, yeah, but we actually love doing it. We, we really like doing this. And I think this is a thing about volunteering is that um, well, sometimes, you know, you start something like I did with the walking tours because you're really passionate about the subject. I'm passionate about Ukraine. Obviously, it's my home country and it breaks my heart to see what's happening. But sometimes people just don't really understand, you know, when you, when you offer it and you say, let's, let's do this, they don't understand. But then they start doing it and they absolutely love it. And I feel like this is what's happening with, um, with this walking tour company in Liverpool is that they just see the reward and aspect of doing this free walking tours for Ukrainians because it's it's really a, quite an amazing thing when you're there. What difference has it made to the Ukrainians that come on the tour? Um, I think it makes a drastic change and drastic difference so I've heard and they said that they came because they've been to my Manchester one and they loved it so much they were like I need to go to the Liverpool one and that just surprises me so much because you know in some ways obviously I'm the organizer so I put in a lot of time and effort into organizing these events but in other sense I'm when the tour happens I'm the translator so I'm not really responsible for the content but for people to like associate this with me and think like oh I liked what they did in Manchester so I'll come to the Liverpool one even though it's like a different company now it just it's, it's still you know it still doesn't really feel real that people say that to me um, I had like a child a little girl um, ask me the last one I did in Manchester was in April and she uh, came up to me after the tour and she was like how come you're doing this for free um, why, why are you doing the stores for free? And she was like, I don't know, about seven or something. And I was like, well, we do this because we want to do something nice for Ukrainians who have already experienced too much negativity in their lives. And she was like, oh, well, I, you've already done something nice for me. 
And I was like, oh, really? What is it then? She's like, well, you taught me a lot about the history of Manchester. It was just so cute coming from a child. Because, you know, it's hard to get children interested in something. So it's, it's those moments. It's people coming up to you and saying thank you. It's people leaving comments when you announce the next door saying, I loved your previous store. I'll try to make this one. It's people actually going to the same tour more than once. That happened as well. In Manchester, I got had people who have been to one already and they came again. I was like, why would you do this? And they're like, oh, I just wanted to refresh, refresh my knowledge. So there's so many little moments and um, I think it's very important to, to know the city that you live in. Somebody yesterday told me that, like, oh, I've heard that you're doing this in Manchester as well. I'm like, yes. And they were like, okay, well, because I've been to Manchester and I didn't really like it. And I was like, well, I understand that because, well, Manchester is not the most beautiful city. Even Mancunians wouldn't call it the most beautiful city. But what's important about Manchester is that it's got so much history in it and so much history that belongs not just to Manchester, but to the whole world. And if you go into a city like Manchester, you can just walk around and you think, well, it's nothing special. What's the big deal? But when you go to a tour like this and you learn facts and you learn that Manchester is the birthplace of industrial revolution, it's the birthplace of the suffragette movement and feminism, is the birthplace, you know, so many firsts in, in Manchester contributed to the end of slavery in North America. So, but you wouldn't learn that without a tour like that. And many Ukrainians don't have the language skills to understand an English-speaking guide. Many Ukrainians who have come here as war refugees, they might not have cash disposable income that they can use to to pay on the normal walking tour because you know you can't just go you know you expect it to tip at the end but we do this completely for free so, so in a sense it's giving them a way to connect to where they're staying now so I would say it serves um, two purposes. So the first purpose is to allow Ukrainians to learn more about the city, uh, introduce Ukrainians to the city and the city to Ukrainians. And the second purpose is it allows Ukrainians to meet each other because I had the situation that people realize they have mutual friends and you know and they connect over something. Children make friends because we get lots of children, especially in Manchester. So it just um, it's those two things, and it's it's just great to do something good in a country that probably doesn't do enough you know compared compared to like Poland for example where they introduced a lot of like free classes free things for Ukrainians there's definitely not enough of that on the on the government on the central government level so um, it's in the hands of volunteers like me to organize these things and it isn't the volunteering that you've been doing has been acknowledged as well Yes, so on the 10th of May, um, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Rishi Sunak, has decided to announce me as the winner of the Point of Light Award, which is the daily uh, award that's given out every weekday um, to um, charity leaders, volunteers and community champions for the positive change that they bring into their community. So this is for my walking tours uh, in Liverpool, Manchester and for all the other work that I've been doing uh, for Ukrainians in Greater Manchester and it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I found out a bit before the tents and I was speechless when I found out and it still doesn't really feel real like this is my first proper award and um, to be given that just shortly a year after I've come here to be um, recognised by the Prime Minister it's, um, just means the world to me and I hope this is one of the you know, one of the first, I think I'm, as far as I understand, I'm the first Ukrainian winner of that. So I feel like, I, th I, I hope that 
this is one of the first uh, awards to be given to Ukrainians and Ukrainians are doing many fantastic things um, and I hope all of them get acknowledged and recognized. Well, it is a fascinating story. I, I came across it a couple of weeks ago. It's been an honor to meet you and everything that you're helping people get through is is just typical I find of of everybody who's just happy to help and wants to help. Yes, well I'm very privileged, you know, I'm not going to be go be um I'm, I'm not going to like say oh, you know, I'm doing this um because um, you know, I don't want to put myself above everybody, every other Ukrainian have come here because I think I'm very fortunate and very privileged. As I said before, I've got the language skills. I've been to this country. I've got my partner. And if you're a Ukrainian who comes to this country without anything and you're starting almost like starting your life and you, um, it can be really, really hard to also put your time into um, into doing good for others because you have to take care of yourself first and that's what everybody says you know you need to put your own mask first and then your child's and if you're if you're in an airplane so that's what allowed me to do this I'm very and I keep saying this to everybody whenever I talk is that I've been very lucky and that's what allowed me to help others I had so much support from the media as well I had so much support from our MP when I came here uh, to the UK so that's what's allowed me to be comfortable enough to do good things for others but obviously you're never really fully comfortable if you're not at home I really really miss Kiev I um, I miss my family who I've not most of them I've not seen for more than a year now and it's really hard it's really hard to wake up and check your phone first thing to see what's been bombed who's been bombed it never it never gets easier really it's um, it's just horrible what's going on there so I'm obviously under a lot of um, stress and anxiety because of all of that as well it's really sad to see what's happening and not being able to do more but I try to help at least people who are here um, Ukrainians who come here help them settle in I try to fundraise for uh, Ukraine and do everything that I can I think it is a stunning dedication to pass on that to others it's an amazing story, Maria. Thanks for telling us. If people want to find out more uh, about yourself and about your work and the tours, where's the best place for them to find that out? Uh, well, I normally post everything on Twitter because that's where I've got the most sizable audience. Um, so it's at Romari, so it's R-O-M-M-A-R-I, or just search for Maria Romanenko. Um, but also, I don't really update my website often enough. Uh, I definitely don't uh, announce every tour on there, but you can go on my website. There's a way to contact me there as well, and that's mariaromanenko.com. And um, normally when I do a walking tour in the city, I just announce it on the... Uh, on a Facebook group, so for example, Ukrainians in Liverpool or Ukrainians in Manchester. So if Ukrainians are part of those groups, uh, they will be able to see uh, to, to see in advance that this is happening. Well, Maria, we'll have all of those links back on our website, www.esinsight.com. And thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to an ESC Insight podcast with myself, Ewan Spence, and my guest, Maria Romanenko. Find out more, www.escinsight.com.